Welcome to the Dash Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today with challenging, meaningful, significant conversation on how to bridge the gap in education. Joining us today, we have Philip Lampron. He is a high school principal in Northeast North Carolina. That's kind of a, a mouthful to say. That's a lot of directions. <laughs> Philip, how are you doing this morning? All right, doing well, doing well. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How'd you How'd you end up in Northeast North Carolina? <laughs> I've always kind of grown up in Eastern North Carolina. I grew up in uh, in Duplin County. Um, went to school at UNCW uh, for my undergrad. Uh, worked in Pender County for a couple of years. Uh, moved to the Greenville area, and at that time, honestly, Edgecombe County was the only place that was not on a hiring freeze in that mm -hmm. local area. Interesting. Um, so I started working in Edgecombe County in 2009. Um, I taught uh, fifth grade math for a couple of years. Um, prior to coming to Edgecombe County, I taught at an uh, alternative high school. I taught middle school math and algebra one. Okay. Uh, I taught fifth grade science for a year in Pender County before I came here. And then, again, uh, beginning in Edgecombe was a couple of years of uh, fifth grade math. And then um, I was a data coach for the district of Edgecombe County for all the elementary and middle schools mm -hmm. in the district. Um, I did an instructional coach stint um, at a middle school. I was an uh, instructional technology facilitator for all of the middle schools in the county. I was an assistant principal at an elementary school. I did a short stint at a nonprofit called Downey's Partnership for Children in Rocky Mount. And then um, I came over to Northeast Carolina Prep, which is a charter school here in Tarboro. Okay. I started out here as a dean of academic for grades eight to seven. And I became the upper school principal for grades 8 through 12 hmm. in uh, June or July of 2017. So this is actually my second year as a principal. Okay. So yeah. Yeah, it's been great. You've, you've worn a whole lot of hats. And how have, how have those different hats? Uh, uh, and, and that's the, the joke, the running joke, right, in education. You, you, you don't just teach. You don't just principal. Right. You've got to wear multiple hats. How has um, the different hats that you've worn in your career helped you as a principal right now in your second year, you're probably starting to get your, your legs are, are wet. You're, you're kind of dove in the water already. You're, you're in it now. All right. Um, I feel like it's given me like a, the wide um, experience to be able to understand like uh, a variety of scenarios from both teachers and student standpoints. Um, I've always tried to, no matter what position I was in, make sure I was able to engage with kids. Mm -hmm. um, so even when I was a, a data coach for the district for all of Edgecombe County for elementary and middle schools, I had like 11 schools I was serving, but I wanted to see at least um, uh, each school I served twice a month. So I still wanted to be in classrooms. I wanted to see teachers. I wanted to see kids. I want to, to me, that's where the work happens. Yeah. Um, so I've tried to make sure I carried that through as an administrator. I try not to be an administrator who like stays in my office. I want to be in the hallways, in the classrooms, in the lunchroom with the kids. Mm -hmm. um, and so just like, keeping in mind like all the different um, things that I saw in all these different um, levels of the occupation, uh, just like being mindful of, you know, people are going through a lot, not just as, you know, in their, in their jobs or in their life as a kid, as a student, right? Like they're, we all have lives outside of here. So like right. just kind of be mindful of um, everybody's experiences and what everybody's going through each day and assume best intent, even when, mm. you know, something may come off wrong initially, like let's, take a minute, breathe through it, and uh, figure out where to go from there. Um, but as when I was young, uh, <laughs> I say when I was young, I'm 33 now, but like okay. when I started. Still young, some folks. Right. Um, but when I was starting in education, like when all these opportunities came up, I figured I'm young, I'm going to say yes, and let's just see where it goes. Let's see where it takes me. Let's get as many experiences as possible. 
Um, so I can, you know, diversify my background, diversify my resume, um, and let's see where it goes down the road. Yeah. So, so tell me some about your, your school, Northeast Carolina Prep. I, I know you said you're a charter school, K-12, correct? Correct, correct. Tell me about your, tell me about your school. Um, so I, I love this place. Um, I, I enjoy coming here every morning. It's, uh, it is, we're still a Title I school. We serve about mm. uh, 65 to 70% of our students come from um, households that are uh, economically disadvantaged, so they receive free reduced price lunches. Um, we have probably um, about an equal number of white and African-American students, probably about uh, 45%, 40 to 45% of each, and then a smaller Hispanic population. We also have a few students from um, Middle East descent. Um, to um, a few students from um, that are uh, Asian American as well. Um, so like it, it's more diverse than other schools I've been in. Right. Um, so like I feel like I feel like our kids get a, a good range of like opportunities to interact with kids from other cultures. Um, so that's fun. Um, our kids just work really hard. I don't know how I got so blessed with great kids and great staff. <laughs> um, we uh, the school started in 2012. Uh, the, the campus that we're currently on, I believe we, uh, this particular building that I'm in got built in 2013, I believe. Um, so we, we're not, we haven't been in existence for very long. We had our first graduating class two years ago. And that class was, each of our graduating classes so far has been less than 50 kids. That class uh, was offered $1.3 million in scholarships. Wow. Next graduating class was at $3.1 million in scholarships. Wow. This graduating class is currently sitting at $4.6 million in scholarships. Um, so like, and it's honestly, it's just from the kid. Like I've only been here a couple of years, right? It's just right. kids working really hard. Like I, we got a great counselor who makes sure that he puts opportunities in front of kids if they're eligible for them and just tries to like push all the opportunities that come in front of her uh, out to the kids. So like I, I give her a lot of credit because um, Shrubnet is just phenomenal with what she does for our students and trying to make sure they know um, every opportunity that's available to them. Uh, and the kids will work for it. They're just good-hearted children, and I'm I'm proud to be here. Really. Yeah. Yeah. What What is it about the kids, man? Is it Is it Is your school a You have to apply to get in. I know there's different types of charter schools. Um, there's you know applications. Some students pay. Some students don't. You know, what What kind? How are you getting your pool of students together? Um. To, so we we do have. You have to apply to get here, but like we, it's an open enrollment. So you fill out an actual application uh, packet. But if you're eligible to enroll in any public school in North Carolina, you're eligible to enroll here. Yeah. Um, unless we're capped, like if we're full at a grade level, um, then you know you put you on a waiting list or something like that. But other than that, we do have open enrollment. Um. Mm. I, I I mean, it's great families. I think the even though it's open enrollment if a family makes the extra effort to come and fill out an application, then they want their kid to be here for some reason. Um, they want something different for their kid. And so if we can, if we can, you know, find that family member who has that passion and wanted something different and unique yeah. and, you know, a different experience for their child and try to make sure we stay in contact with that family member, mm -hmm. I think that can go a long mm -hmm. ways, like for kids to know that, um, you know, school and household are on the same accord. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I, I attribute a lot of that to the parents. I think the parents have raised great kids. Mm -hmm. And I, I, one thing that I like is the building I'm in, um, we have about 340 kids. And it, that's still small enough to where I can know every face, yeah. every name. Um, it's important to me to know every child by name because, like, I think it's important to the kid. I think it means something different. If you walk in and I can say your name and your face and shake your hand and, like, I know who you are. And I'm able to know a little bit about their lives. Um, I don't know as much about their lives maybe as when I was a teacher and I only, you know, I had 20 or 40 or 60 kids, but 
with 340, I, I still feel like I get to know something about each one um, mm-hmm. and some aspect of their life. So I, I think they know it matters to them um, that it matters to me that they're here each day and um, that they matter to me. And I, I just want to make sure I keep pushing out two kids. And I think sometimes that encourages them to, to keep working hard. If they know somebody that is here that cares about them, right. the teacher right. the same, right? So the teacher try to have that same um, passion for children in their classroom. So they're sitting in front of you and you, they know you love them. Like they're going to work harder for you. Exactly. Yeah. That comes first. Well, and you know, that's so important as an educator because you're, you're so much more than just the principal to a lot of those students. And you're, you're, you're doing so much more than, than helping them read a book, you know, or, or get some test right. scores up. You're really right. devoting them as uh, people that are going to be citizens of our global economy. So how right. we, that they spend eight hours a day in school or seven hours a day in school, whatever it right. is we've got, yeah. they're, they're at school for eight hours, they're asleep for eight hours and they've got eight hours to do whatever else. That's a third of their time that's spent with us. Right. So that's important. Have you always wanted to be, in education or principal? Um, I've always, I honestly thought I would be a teacher for all of my life. Um, I started wanting to be a teacher in high school. And then um, once I started being a teacher, like I never thought I would do anything else. Mm. Um, I I went into an experience that wasn't so, I wasn't so fond of uh, at a school where I felt like, um, honestly, administration kind of impacted the school in a negative manner, just with like Mm. a lot of interruptions and things like that. And it, it, became um, abundantly clear to me that like that matters more than I realized, like the leadership at the top of the school, Mm -hmm. how much they can impact um, a classroom or several classrooms. um, Like that is what that experience is what made me want to become an administrator. So I could, um, you know, impact that many more classrooms and that many more kids. Right. uh, And just try to make sure that um, there was uh, what I consider to be an appropriate educational experience for each child that um, comes through my path mm-hmm. between that. And I had, I had one particular scenario when I started working uh, in this area that really, uh, it, it, it hurt me. It made me mad. It frustrated me, but it spurred me on. Um, and this is just a real story to be completely honest with you. I, I was, I just moved to the area. I was at a, a, a gathering at a, a friend, well, a, a person's house where I had just met. And there was a couple there who I'd interacted with some and I told them where I was teaching that. And the guy's comment was, all you need to teach kids there is how to walk in shackles. And, yeah. And so that I couldn't believe that comment came out. I didn't know what to say in response. And so my drive from that point forward is like, all right, well, I'm going to show you what all these kids can do. Mm-hmm. Um, so every time I post, a, we post on our Facebook a, a picture of a kid, who came from that town that's now earning scholarships and going to college, I feel like I'm throwing something back in that guy's face. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's important. Cause you, I mean, there's, there's gotta be something that is pulling you out of bed in the morning rather than something having to push you out of bed. You know, that, that guy right. doesn't have, you know, he doesn't believe every child can learn clearly. No, nah, absolutely not. Right. And he's probably the same kind of person. If he is an educator, he's struggling to turn his lesson plans in. He's struggling to manage classroom behavior. He's struggling to to get up out of bed in the morning and go do the job that someone like yourself loves. So sometimes that's what it takes to pull that trigger is is somebody telling you what you can't do or not even if it's directly to you, but, you know, just about the people that you're working with because the kids don't have a choice. 
right? They they, right. they don't choose what they're born into. If they got right. one mom or two moms, or if they, you know, have, have if somebody read to them growing up, that right. that's not a child's choice. So that's where we come in and have to do play our part in making sure that every child has an opportunity to succeed. Absolutely, and that guy is not an educator. Thank God. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is not his occupation. Yeah. That, but I haven't talked to him since then. So that's that's much better to know. That makes me feel better. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, at the same time, unfortunately, I know there's there's people that do feel that way about their own students. You know, and right. um, the students know that they if if you walk into the school and you woke up on the wrong side of the bed, they they know and they'll let right. you. Know. <laughs> so I see on your website, Philip, that you guys have a, a pretty in depth curriculum that you're using with with 7th to 12th grade and, and academics is what I'm looking at. I know that's really the principle of. What, okay. what kind of things do you guys do for behavior management or social emotional learning at your school? Uh, to be honest, I think it's, again, the the size of the school that we are and the um, just the innate ability of some of our teachers. Many of our teachers have several years of experience. Um, so, like, in terms of trying to uh, limit behaviors and things like that, having a relationship with kids to where we can kind of tell and know like when they're having a bad day, mm. a lot of times you can read it on their face. Um, so we try to make sure that we're um, abundantly clear on like what this kid's background is, as well as like when they come in in the morning, if I can tell, uh, we usually have kids before, before homeroom starts are all in the gym with me. Um, so, and so when the bell rings at 742, then we go to homeroom. But a lot of times I can tell first thing in the morning, how they come in, whether the day is going to be a good day or a bad day. Um, so there may be just a, a me touching base with a teacher or our dean of students, or my assistant mm -hmm. principal, somebody who I know is going to run into that kid um, that we try to check in, see how it's going in the classroom, or see them in the hallway. Hey, how are you? You doing all right? And a lot of times kids won't tell us actually what's wrong, but the fact that they know somebody realizes something and yeah. you know, comes up to them to speak to them to try to figure it out, uh, that may, you know, make sure that their path throughout the day ends up being better than what it was. The original trajectory was, um, do you, so, still, Oh, go, yeah. sorry, go ahead. Uh, we do. Um, we do, like I said, the teachers try to make sure they know the kids. Well, we, um, to prevent like out of school consequences. We do use a bounce system. We have ISS in our mm -hmm. building. Um, but so like if a teacher and a kid is just not working that particular day, they can be bounced there for the rest of that period, but then still mm -hmm. go to the rest of their classes. So yeah. sometimes it's just it's just a tough spot. They need 20 minutes to breathe. Go sit down there for a little while, go to rest of your classes, and we, you know, the rest of the day is it's a clean slate. Um, uh, we've had in our we have to do monthly reports to the board of how many um, students were suspended um, in our building. So I have that number readily available because we just had our March board meeting. So for the entire month of March of the 340 kids in our building, six kids received out of school consequences for things. So I feel like that's a pretty low number. We do try to limit those, but the way we limit them is just by like knowing our kids and knowing their situation. Yeah. If we see that, you know, they got something crazy going on, like come meet with the counselor, take a few minutes and let's figure out what's going on. Right. Do you feel like your, your teachers and maybe this culture was already set before you got there. Do you feel like your educators, staff, teachers, administrators, understand the importance of those relationships and, and if so going beyond that do you think educators in your county and your state across the country understand the value of building relationships with your students and your I, I definitely know that the staff in this building does understand that um and that's again many of them have several years of experience so they kind of I was blessed to be able to 
um, come into a staff that already knew that importance. Um, and even our beginning teachers understand it. Like they do. There's, there's, they, some of our beginning teachers have a knack for connecting with kids that nobody else can find a way to connect with. Mm-hmm. So I, maybe, I, I don't know if, if it's directly correlated with the fact that our administration also tries to um, make those connections as well. And, you know, maybe they see that we're trying to make those connections, so they're trying to do it as well. But I also think that they're just good people and they, they know that like kids matter and their home life matters. And if you know, if you check in on their home life, the kid knows that you care about them. Um, I think that I have run into some uh, educators in the past who didn't, in my opinion, feel the need to make that connection. Um, and to me, it was evidenced in their classroom. Like kids could tell too that um, they're not particularly worried about me as a person. Mm. Um, but I would limit, I would say there might be 5% of educators that I've interacted with that fell into that category. Like it's very few, but like those, if you have an abundance of those, uh, mindsets in the same building, like it can wreak havoc on your culture as a school. Um, cause if you think your kids aren't going anywhere, like they're going to, our kids are going to act how they think that we perceive them, right? Perceive them in such a manner that they're never going to go anywhere by God, they're never going to go anywhere. Yeah. But perceive them in a manner of where like, yes, you got some obstacles. Yes, you got some struggles, but like, here's how you overcome them and try to provide them that foundation and scaffolding to get them over, uh, over mm-hmm. those. They're going to reach for that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I, I think that there are probably 5% of people who, um, in our state who maybe fall into that category as educators. I think for the vast majority of educators, you get into this because you care about kids. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's good. That's good. That there's there seems to be just such a revitalization in education and so much attention going towards our well, how we're educating people, you know, and how we're how we're preparing the next generation. I think we we oftentimes will talk about it. You you said you're 33. I'm I'm 26 myself. So we're we're in the millennial generation, and all people want to do is talk bad about us. Um, right. At the end of the day, <laughs> the most of us we're already out of school. And now it's a yeah. new generation that's coming up through this K-12 piece. And if you don't want to, you know, keep talking about what's going to happen in the future, you, you've got to prepare these students for that success. And you got to prepare the students to be the, all that they can be and unlock those opportunities for potential. What, what would you say is your favorite part about being an educator? Um, honestly, knowing kids, um, and I feel like I keep I keep coming back to that as a theme. I, I don't I didn't intend for it to kind of come out that way, but like I love I love like when I know a kid and their situation and their background, and maybe sometimes it's just me, our counselor, and the kid who knows their situation. Mm-hmm. Like watching them like quietly push through and yeah. uh, having heart to heart conversations with them, and sometimes sometimes it's hard because like I know that they're going through crazy stuff that I never had to deal with, I never dreamed of having to deal with. But like, still trying to tell them, all right, son, you still got to get your stuff done, though. You still got to go, you still got to get your homework done. Like, trying to make sure I'm communicating to them the same things that my staff does, and like making sure they're getting their work done and not giving them an out. But like, when they leave my office, just wanting to break down and cry because like they're dealing with stuff that like it hurts and it sucks, and I can't like you tell a kid like I I can't say exactly I know what you're going through, but like yo, like I feel you on that. Like it it is tough, but like you got to still push through because if we give them an out. Um, you know, they're going to take that out. And then sometimes it can spiral into, well, 
Um, you know, well then if I, if I didn't have to do my homework that day, maybe I don't have to do it this day. Yeah. Now you you got to get it done, bro. But like, I'm still going to love you through it. You can come in here and cry. You can get upset. You can say anything you want to inside of these closed doors, inside of these four walls of my office. But when you leave, you're still going to have to go get your work done. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough to have that conversation with kids, especially like if my eighth grade kids doing it. My juniors and seniors are kind of used to it now. Like we, they, they're pushing through, they have their own, um, you know, intrinsic motivation. I'm proud of them for that. But our, our young kids from our eighth and ninth graders and our underclassmen, like trying to get them to buy into this idea that school matters, education matters, your life matters. You got to push through, even though I know they're dealing with stuff outside of school. And while that may be right. like a difficult part um, for me emotionally, like it's also like the most, absolutely the most rewarding part when I see them overcome those obstacles and stand in front of our we have a bulletin board where we put every kid who's been like whatever college they've been accepted to, we hang it out in the hallway. Um, so like we, we put their name on a tag of what college they've been accepted to. So like when mm. I see them that in that picture, like all of those hard emotional conversations, like that's all worth it. Absolutely. That's all worth it. Yeah. Yeah. It has to be right. It has right. to be, it has to be that top top of mind, top goal. What goals are you guys looking for? Um, to finish out this year, and what obstacles do you you need to overcome to continue growing or expanding your success uh, at Northeast Carolina Prep? Um, so our initial goal, we have a like we always encourage the next graduating class to surpass the previous year's scholarship dollars, but they've already done that. So um, yeah. I'm going to encourage them to get the five million. Um, they're, if they're at four six, that's for me. That's incredible. Um, yeah, I'm encouraging them to keep pushing. Our goal for like standardized tests is always going to be a hundred. We're not at that place right now. Mm. I don't know if that's a realistic goal right now, but that's always going to be our goal because right. I don't ever want us to be okay with like any kid not being what the state considers proficient and not for the sake of the state's arbitrary number, but for the sake of like these standardized tests are comparing you to your peers in the state of North Carolina. So like yeah. if you're outperforming your peers, you're more likely to get jobs. You're more likely to get accepted to colleges. You're more likely to get scholarships. So, like, I try to harp on that to kids. So, like, the the success of this particular PCT or SAT or North Carolina State test, it's, it's not about the score to me so much the the number that they set at proficiency. It's your, it's just your percentile in the state and how you compare to your peers um, so that you can get an idea of how likely you are to be successful compared to your peers around you. Um, so, again, we're always going to have a, a, a goal of um, 100% proficiency in everything we do. Yeah, um, we've got a partnership with pre-AP, uh, excuse me, with the College Board, and it's their pre-AP curriculum that we've started this year, um, and we're trying to expand it over the next couple of years. Um, and what that is is the College Board is just trying. They've partnered with about a hundred schools in the nation, and we were one of those schools, uh, thankfully, um, to offer a curriculum to kids that we mesh with the state's curriculum um, to make sure we're still hitting the state's goals. But like the College Board has said, these are things that we think kids need to know and be able to do to be successful in college. So um, when we start with pre-AP and then trying to also offer as many AP courses as we can in our building, but if kids see um, and hear uh, the type of rigor that College Board thinks is necessary for kids to be successful, if they're hearing that as freshmen and sophomores, then they're more likely to um, be willing to take those courses uh, as juniors and seniors. Yeah. And, that, um, and also expand our AP offering. So those, um, those goals there, as well as like um, – our, our graduation rate, <coughs> excuse me, sorry, um, I think 
we were at 82% last year. We obviously want that to go up. Um, our graduation rate, we're always going to, again, strive for 100%. Um, but we, we've got to increase ours. 82% is not acceptable in my, my opinion. And that was, you know, four-year cohort graduation. Some of those kids, because we're school of choice, have left and gone other places. But I still I want to make sure that we track them if they do leave, like you enroll somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like your education is um, our local community college has a, uh, a high school uh, diploma program so that if they if they feel like high school isn't a fit for them they can still go get their high school diploma not yeah. just to be in a community college like go there go to another school i know my wife also my wife works in the local public school she's a principal um for a local middle school and i know all of the principals at the other high schools in the area so like i'm never going to talk bad about them they're great places they're good people so like if you if if we're not a right fit for you like find yeah. another place yes and that's okay like i'm not I'm not mad at you and going, you know, love you, mean it, welcome to come back. But um, so like go somewhere and continue. Like don't don't let this stop you just because you hit a couple of roadblocks. Um, so our graduation rate is another goal that we have to increase. Um, one thing that's kind of cool that I hope we are able to fulfill, one of our juniors um, decided she wanted to ask the board for permission to uh, get our kids to go to Costa Rica in the summer. Mm-hmm. So uh, the board agreed to let her – pursue that with our counselor and so um that we've never done an out of the country trip um with any of our kids so if we can do that in the summer of 2020 that'd be really cool um working with ef tours uh, to do that but i thought it was something she wanted to do she wanted to give kids the opportunity um to go somewhere out of the country because not a lot of our kids do that um, yeah. they don't go outside of tarver or edgecombe county a whole lot and so or we have several kids from like halifax nash um mm-hmm. several different but they don't leave their local area a whole lot. So yeah. trying to expose kids to things that they may not know exist right now. Yeah. C- creating those opportunities for them to grow and lead and experience. That's great. Right. Um, me personally, I know I've got to work on time management. Um, so uh, it, it can be easy as an administrator to get caught up, like putting out fires all day long. Things come yeah. up here, there, like whether it's, you know, getting this paperwork done or getting this submitted or, you know, going to check on this class or whatever. Like I, and I, I did really well uh, first semester. Um, and I tore my ACL in a staff student basketball game. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. In front of all the kids. And again, wow. I, I love our kids. They're great kids. They, the yearbook, the, the lady who was um, in charge of the yearbook class said, Clamper uh, and everybody's got pictures of them. No kid will submit it. And nobody wants to submit a picture of you like on the ground. Mm, mm. That's great. I got great kids. Anyways, yeah. um, so I had surgery. And since I've come back from surgery, I hadn't been as deliberately planning as I need to be. Gotcha. Um, because if I if I plan strategically like I did first semester, then I'm in classrooms that are hot spots and I'm in classrooms that need more attention. And I'm uh, you know different places at different times. And so the more my face is out there, the less likely things are to you know come up. Um, and then I also like I was scheduling out particular times to um, answer emails, respond to stuff. So if I plan strategically, I can get everything done that needs to be done. Um, but if I if I wait to just react to stuff, um, then not as much gets done. But that, that's something that I need to personally make sure I take a next step and do is just just time management with day to day activities. Okay, it sounds like you guys have uh, some, some or like you have some pretty solid goals and have done a, a good job reflecting on what's helped you be successful in your school and what you need to do to continue to improve. I I can definitely appreciate that. That's one of the things that can be difficult, you know, getting caught up up in putting out fires and caught up in the the day-to-day functions of the 180-day school year. So it's important not to get caught up in that and to stay on that right track. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
is there is there anything that you want to leave the audience listening to us right now? And how can we get in contact with you if we want to know more information about you and your school? Cool. Um, so, yeah, I would just leave just bragging on our school again. Our, our kids, our staff are great. I love this place. Um, we are, we're still enrolling. Kids, open enrollment has technically ended, but um, we've got a few slots still available. So if you live in the local Tarboro area, if you're interested, um, please feel free to check us out. Um, we currently get kids. Uh, we have a bus that goes to Halifax County. We have a bus that goes to Nash County. We have a bus that goes to Pitt County. Um, uh, we do have a few kids who come from Martin County. So anywhere in the local area and with kids from Wilson County. Um, okay. Feel free to check us out. Our website is uh, necprepschool.com. My email address is lampronpa, that's L-A, Emma's and Mary, P-R-O-N as in Nancy, P-A, at N-E-C-PrepSchool.com. Uh, the number here at the school is 252-641-0464. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook, NEC Prep School, um, NECP. Uh, we have have my own Facebook and check me out there. So, again, uh, yeah, absolutely. Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. Thank you so much, Philip, for taking the time out of your day to join us here on the Dash Podcast. And thank you for listening. If you like it, share it with your friends, with your educators who need to hear it. This is a great lesson on being strategic, building relationships, and coming back strong from tearing your ACL. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me, bud. I appreciate it. I enjoyed it. Yes, sir. We'll talk to you soon. This is the Dash.